When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Or try this one on for size. Conduits of Trouble, as we do once a week, Zolgad and uh, Star Tribune sports columnist. And in honor of our former colleague, I will call him Chip Scroggins <laughs> because it took, as Chip wrote, it took Sid probably five years to find out that there was not an R in Scoggins and he would always call, hey, Scroggins, what's going on? So uh, you're Chip Scroggins for today's episode of Conduits of Trouble. I'll take it. And how about this one? I tweeted this out this morning, Judd. My my daughter had to go get a physical at college today, um, and she's checking in. And, and a woman, the, the I think the woman who's checking in, her last name is Scroggins. And she looks at her card. She's like, she's like, it's so funny. Everybody calls me Scroggins. <laughs> it's like the reverse Sid. Oh man, <laughs> how crazy is that? Life's a funny dog, my man. Life is a yeah, funny dog sometimes. Yeah. Scroggins for like that. I think it was like the first ten years, and then he, you know, he calls me in his office one day, and he's like, "Hey, the son's giving me crap because I, I keep calling you Scroggins on 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 air." And I was like, "Yeah." He says, "Not Scroggins." I was like, "Nah, it's Scroggins. It's, it's fine. Whatever you want to call me." And he's like, "You don't have an R in your name?" And uh, I was like, "No, it's just Scroggins." He's like, "Well, oh, okay." Maybe you should maybe you should put it on. <laughs> That's so sad. He never even tried, and I give him credit with Zolgad. There was never an attempt made. There, there was zero attempt made, and I always thought, you know what? He's smart enough to know not to go there because Zolgad's going to be impossible. Oh yeah. Well, our our other colleague Steve Ashburner uh, tweeted me today that uh, for thirty years he was Ashenbrenner. <laughs> <laughs> And and the legendary Orville Burville, you know oh. that one. That was the best one. Do you know? have Do you have the list of names? I I, I had it. I don't oh, have it, but I, I could access it. But yeah, for people who don't know that, uh, in his copy uh, for one column, uh, he was writing about Daryl Bevel, and somehow Daryl Bevel turned into Orville Burville. <laughs> and it was Seifert who found it. And I remember Seifert was laughing like a hyena in the office. I'm, and we're like, "What's so funny?" He's like, "You got to see this." Or, and, and the person that loved that the most, Bevel. We told him. Yeah, sure, we said, sure Daryl, yeah. you were Orville Burville. He's like, what? <laughs> Orville Burville. But there was a list. <laughs> this list of Sid misspellings of names and stuff was legendary, and it was the greatest thing of all time. I remember there, there was one, my fa- favorite non-name one, but term, yep. uh, when the North Stars were on pay-per-view. 
Sid would refer to it in writing as pay-per-view. P-A-P-E-R-V-I-E-W. It was pay-per-view. <laughs> I remember, uh, I think it's Ripple. Joe Ripple, who's an office uh, worker, and he, you know, he handled Sid's copy a lot early on. And, uh, you know, those guys, and, and Judd, you did it. So, you, I mean, that's a badge of honor. I mean, they should have paid you double for some of the things you guys probably saw. and had a It was out. hazard pay, my man. Hazard I mean, pay. What did he, what did he, he wrote someone that, or said someone that someone smokes like a fish? Yes. <laughs> smokes like a fish. <laughs> oh my goodness, God. Oh, there's some, there, there were some great ones. Yeah. But, but the greatest thing was it never slowed him down one bit and it didn't bother him one bit. We'd all be laughing and he'd be on to the next thing. Judd, does it surprise you at all that on the day that he died, there was a call in from him in the paper? It doesn't, but I'm glad because it was so fitting too. Yeah, it was fitting. And that's the thing. Um, if you were a beat writer, not only did you compete against the, the other outlets in town, you competed against Sid. Yes, um, very and much. And particularly, I would say every beat, but particularly with gopher stuff. You know, I covered gopher football for five years, and honestly, there are times I wasn't sure which team he was on. <laughs> you know, it was, it was uh, you know, he wanted the information. He was so competitive. He wanted the scoops. He didn't want the beat person. Now he wanted the Star Tribune to have it, but he wanted Sid to have it, not yes. uh, the beat person. And so, um, and he'd also scream at you if, if there were things that you wrote that he didn't like. Um, <laughs> it's true. So, but but he would, you know, but then he would turn around and praise you. I mean, and and you know, I like to say I got I got hired. He was almost eighty, and you know, he's like, yeah, Sid, and you know, we don't know how much longer he's going to work. Well, he worked twenty years, but um, yep. So I I. I and he was still hard charging it then, you know, but I didn't get the Sid that a lot of people like Royce got, you know, the the really ultra competitive, um, you know, just maniac about getting all the scoops. And, and, and he got him, that. too. Back and then he got, he got him. him. Yeah, so that, that's I, the incredible thing. But I would say my first 10 years here, you know, he was still, um, you know, that way to some degree. And obviously he slowed down, you know later on and it wasn't as i mean it still was important but it wasn't like it drove him like it sounds like he did you know as a you know much younger guy but um yeah it's uh i was i was talking to somebody about this the other night so he worked at our paper how many years 75 i think he wrote columns for 75 but i think it went beyond that as yeah. as far as distribution correct and things yeah, like that selling the, like selling the, S- the papers, selling the papers yeah yeah on the street but, corners can you think of any profession Somebody working for like a mailman or a banker no. or whatever no. insurance working for the same thing place for seventy five years. I mean, no. in the whole world, do you think that's happened? I mean, it's just like I'm sure it probably has, but that's incredible when you just think about it like that. That one person worked at one paper for one place for seventy five years. And Chip, the incredible thing is couple that with with the fact that Sid was rich. Like he could have yeah, called it yeah. quits in 1975, gone to Florida, never been heard from again, and lived out you know a great life. He was rich. The the yeah, the governor. yeah, exactly. That's the thing about it is he didn't even need to. It, the thing about Sid that I think everyone has to admire is there was never a day he saw his job as work. Now that doesn't mean he was not ultra competitive and at times nasty about it. But, like, as far as just the work went, he never considered it to be actual work. No, and it, no, it, I mean, it was his life. And, and I think people always said that, that, you know, 
family members and people I knew, they said, oh, you think Sid will ever retire? I was like, no, he can't. Like, he, that, like that's not even part of his DNA. Can yep. you imagine Sid, like, retired and not doing this? No. Nope. Um, and, and I've heard this, and I, I felt it, too, you know, just about his insecurity. And you could sense it when you, you're around him. And I've, I've heard Ch- uh, Chad talk about it uh, the last couple of days with different places. But, um, Chad, I remember a couple of years ago where uh, I think it was Glenn – our old sports editor, you know, they wanted to maybe lighten his low. He's in 95, 96, you know, Sid, you don't have to write five days a week. You know, let's, let's have you write four days. So you're not so busy. I think Sid thought he was getting fired. Yep. You know, he's like, why, why are you taking the day from me? I, I've never seen a 97 year old person complain about someone trying to ease their workload. I mean, it was, <laughs> you know, he wanted to work more, not less. It was unbelievable. And, yeah. you know, he had his, he had his routine for years where, he would drive around. He had his stops. I got to do the Gophers, and I go to the Vikings. He would park on sidewalks at certain places. Yeah, and then just walk right in the the uh, building. Like I swear, I saw a picture once of him basically the the caddy um, propped up on the sidewalk in front of Beerman. It was the greatest. Oh, I'm sure it was. I'm sure it was. <laughs> um, well, that was sorry. You know, I, I forgot to. You know, I th- might have been the 3M because I was. Yeah, it had to be 3M. Um, but there was a golf tournament, and you know how they have the like the the car, the caddies parked at a, like a sponsorship, um, like on an island or yeah. on a green, or you know. Yeah. Sid thought that's where the parking was. So he parked his caddy there. They had to come in. Oh my god! They had to come in and have to tell him to move his car. So he was like parked where his sponsors were because it's right there. But, oh my god! But no, that's how you know. And and now as a beat guy, <laughs> that was the thing that it drove you crazy, but at least he was on your team that, you know, if, if I had tried to go into Glenn Mason's office or whoever's or Brad Childress, they would have dragged us out with machine guns. You oh, know yeah. I mean? It was like, but Sid could just walk the halls anywhere. And, you know, it, as a big guy, you're like, gosh, you know, now we're going to have to rely on Sid to get something, you know, he, he can get in there, but it's like, we wish we had that kind of access too. It would have drove me. It would have been a bigger deal if I worked at a different media outlet, right? Oh, <laughs> you knew. Yeah, you'd be PO'd. Have car blanche. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and so, but that's he had. He earned that right. You know, I mean, he absolutely earned that right to be able to. Um, and I'm sure it probably drove some people crazy that he had the run of the building. <laughs> yes, it did. A lot of, of these organizations, but, um, but that's you know that's the stature he had. And the the thing for a uh, chip. People of our age, I think, that's so hard to to understand from way back in the fifties, is how how guys who wrote about sports had these side jobs. Like yeah. Sid helped run the Lakers. Um, there there was a boxing guy, you know. Uh, just this whole thing of of where the line back then was so blurred, and like so, it would be like you doing your column and then going and helping PJ Fleck or something. Seriously, yeah. yeah. Well, that's the thing. I mean, obviously, the air is different, and and you know the whole business is. I think it was just across the board, probably a lot more chummy back then. You know, um, obviously, you know, you got a guy running a team and covering this. We say you're never going to see another city. Well, no, because it's just the whole landscape. And the only thing, Chipper, different. the the only thing that the paper told him back then is you can't write about the. Lakers. That was the only thing that he was told back then. Yeah, and, and so I mean, you know, it's just preposterous to think about it now. Like 
you sit here and think like, how could that even work? You know? Um, but I, you know, it's funny, because I always worked in the office, you know, a lot of writers for just kind of be at their house or at the thing, but I always like being downtown, just mm-hmm. like in the, being in the newsroom. And so I, you know, I got the heavy dose of Sid, especially when we were in the old building, um, you know, four o'clock, he'd come charging in there with that big tape recorder under his arm. And, uh, but I used to love when he would sit down, he'd always come out to my desk and, and sit down and just, you know, start talking about whatever. But some of the stories, I mean, it's just like, you're sitting there, you know, you tell me about riding a train to Pasadena with Bear Bryant. I'm sitting there like, what? I mean, yeah, I know. <laughs> it's crazy. Train to the Rose Bowl of Bear Bryant. I mean, it's just, it, it almost was unbelievable the things that he, the people he, you know, interacted with and became close to and just the things that he did in his career. Babe Ruth was playing when Sid was born. Like, that's all you need to know. <laughs> I, know. I know. The the Bambino was playing. He was great when Sid was born. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it's incredible. Uh, Vikings, from a sad topic to a team that is playing very sad football, of the Vikings, what's your observation about, after the debacle on uh, Sunday, Chip Scoggins, about where they're at right now, and and how much do you think that they should try and do, at least as far as exploratory stages, uh, before the deadline, the trade deadline comes up on Election Day? Well, at this point, I think I would... And I don't even know if this is possible, Judd, but I would try to get rid of some veterans to try to get free up some cap space and maybe get some draft picks. Um, this, this team's going nowhere. But but in saying that, like, who do you have that somebody's going to give up high draft picks for that you would be willing to part? I mean, there's only a couple, right? Do you need high um, draft picks or just draft just tra- picks to yeah, accumulate? Or, or whatever. Yeah, and, and probably the the if it helps your salary cap situation as much as anything. But, but who fits that bill? Like, who... Who's going to bring you a decent Anthony, in return? Anthony Harris to the Browns to replace Sandejo at safety might get you something. Yeah, maybe. Sandejo can't play. But, but seriously, what? Like, what? Oh, I'm talking about a third round pick. I'd take a fourth round pick for him. Yeah, I, I mean, I at this point, I don't care. Yeah. Um, because you know, it, they're just going nowhere. And, and the thing is, is like, God, they are stuck with the quarterback. I mean. How are you going to get out from underneath that if you, contract? If you trade him post June first, you they could can't trade him. Nobody's going to take him that contract. No way. I would only. Uh, here's okay. For the most part, I agree completely with what you just said. Here's my w- one hope: if I'm the Vikings, Garoppolo somehow goes in the toilet completely, and I can convince uh, John Lynch. Uh, that he should make the trade because the one guy on this planet who I think would take Kirk Cousins is Kyle Shanahan. Yeah, but what would that do to their set? I mean, that's about a ten million dollar cap hit of dead uh, of dead cash. I think. Yeah, dead it's money. just such a but. But for the any team that takes him on, it's just going to be a, you know a massive contract to absorb. And and why did you sign with? him though? I don't understand the. Ex- I still I'll never <laughs> understand the extension. I did they real and help me because. Did they need the salary caps? Yes, space that's why they did that badly. No, <laughs> yes, I mean, they needed they it. No, done, they did what, not. What could they have not have done? What could they have not accomplished if they hadn't have done that? They would have been over the cap. They would have had to trim other guys out, which, by the way, would have been fine. Uh, been, was that Riley Reef? Did they do that for Riley Reef? Which part? Take a pick. No. So, I mean, who who did they resign? That well, oh, they signed Michael Pierce. Okay. 
They signed Michael Pierce, um, who they couldn't have signed if Cousins' contract hadn't been redone. Yeah. I mean, it's not worth it. No. The second part of your question is correct. Yeah, so I would... So you're stuck with him this year. You're probably stuck with him next year, after next year, too, right? Yeah, I mean, if if you're stuck, you're stuck. Yeah. Um, And, I mean, Judd, his his quotes about, if I keep throwing these interceptions, I'm not going to finish the year. I'm going to be benched or lose my job. I mean, he clearly has no confidence. I got to imagine the the head coach is, you know, beyond frustrated with him. Can we talk about those quotes, though? They're so fraudulent to me. He knows they. He knows if they did not oh, they bench him, Sean Mannion. In. Yeah, exactly. And and look, I would have taken him out at halftime. All right. And I'm not saying that he wouldn't have started uh, the Green Bay game because Cousins would have started that game. But how you don't get yourself benched in the middle of that debacle on Sunday to me says you're never going to be benched. So don't come out and give me this yeah. lip service about well, if I don't play well, it's all a bunch of malarkey. Yeah, and Judd, I wouldn't have. For two things, one, you're playing a team that hadn't won a game, so even though it felt like the game was over, you, you probably still had a shot. And Sean Mannion is not an answer at all. I mean, he is. You know, there, there's just no way you can go to him. So and so, and yeah. that's the thing that, that that's the thing that that's bad about this. Where if, if you had a young guy that you really thought you're grooming for something, yes, um, you you would you would say, all right, Kirk, you know what. You're going to the bench, and we're going to see this young guy. But you, you can't go to the bench for Sean Mannion. I'll tell you, you know? this. Starting in week eight, right? That, that's when, when they're back to playing against the Packers. Week yeah. eight. Starting in week eight. And I'm not saying that this guy's the answer. I have no idea. I've heard that behind the scenes, they like him. Jake Browning is on my active game day roster. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I mean, that's the next step. Is like, I, at this point, I think I just you know, cut Manning or whatever to say you're going back to third. And <laughs> if I do want to bench uh, Cousins, at least I'm going to a young guy that you want to see what he, you know, if you go to a young guy, you want to get him experience and maybe see what he can do. If you're going to Manning, you're just, I don't even know what you're doing. You're not trying to see if he's your future or anything. You're just, because you're mad at Cousins. Yeah. Um, and yes. so, yeah, I would do a hundred percent. I would do that. And, you know, I would probably, you know, maybe give a long look at some young guys that, you know, heck they're playing young guys now anyway, so that's not really right. saying much, but um, I don't know. I mean, it, it, that was just so disappointing and it, you know, it really just feels like the rest of the year is meaningless. You know, I mean, it just feels that way. Oh no, no, no. It's very important. Draft pick status. Draft pick. No, that's this right, is, yeah. are you kidding me? The rest <laughs> of this year is absolutely as key as it will ever get. Because you've got the opportunity. Look, the Jets are accidentally going to win two games. Okay, sure. Like this is a good, this is a race for that pick. This is a and if you have a chance to get uh, Fields or Lawrence, yep. you are. T- I don't care what I the mental gymnastics to justify Cousins' presence. I don't even care at that point. Is there? Yeah. Is there any doubt whatsoever that they're going to use that first round pick on a quarterback? It better not be. I mean, you absolutely <sighs> have to. At this I point. agree with you, but I mean, I don't, Chip. I don't know. Judd, they have to. I agree. They absolutely have to. I mean, they cannot put this off another year, you know. And if you feel like, you know, I wouldn't care if it hurts his feelings at this point. I mean, who cares? You know, it's you've made a lot of money. I, I'm drafting a quarterback first round, and okay, I've got a question for you. Do yeah. you do you trust? Now it, it might just hit him in the face, but how much do you trust Spielman? And do you trust this coaching staff to take on that quarterback? Judd, if they finish. It's one of three. I'm not sure they're back. Okay. 
At this That's point, fair. do you? No. I mean, I know that I know the game extensions, but nope. I, I'm not going to be surprised if they clean house. Would you? I, I just think it's if it's so bad. Yep. You know, if you finish with let's say four wins or five wins or whatever the number is, um, I, I don't think it's guaranteed that that this regime is back at all. No, I think you're probably right. I think you're right. I don't. I don't think that Zimmer gets blown out in season under any circumstance. I don't either. I don't either. But post after it's done, uh, the only okay. My only question, because I agree with your point. My only question is this: coming off a pandemic season and not knowing what the future holds financially, is there cause for pause from the Wilfs because of the fact? That you that you didn't have fans in suites and seats and things like that. But if this is the disaster that we're seeing right now, I think they'd still probably fire at least Mike. You know, Judd, I think you could um, you can give them some cover defensively because you know you lost Pierce, you lost Barr, um, you lost Daniel Hunter. You're playing these rookies. Okay, that one you can say. But your quarterback is going the absolute wrong direction, and you're paying him a ton of money. And so I think if, if he continues to play like this and he's a, a big reason, and, and your offensive line, which you've neglected for years, is a disaster, um, I think those are fireable. Like, you could, you could make the case there. That has nothing to do with a pandemic, you know, um, and, and missing OTAs, I don't think. I mean, this was supposed to be the strength of your team, and and – and it's just, you know, it's the quarterback is, you know, a liability right now. Um, yes. And so yes, I think is. you could I think you could say that. I think you say, you know what, you guys gambled twice on this guy and look at the results. I think you absolutely could. And, and imagine what is the temperature around town right now about this organization? So if this continues for the whole you know how things go when momentum starts building and that fire starts building. Um, a lot of times ownerships are reactionary based on what they, they're feeling and hearing from their fan base. That building, if fans had been allowed in mask oh. on Sunday, oh. would have been beyond toxic. The halftime, Cousins would have been booed off and onto the field. It would have been absolutely toxic in that stadium if they – they had actually had fans. I think they allowed what, like 250 family and friends or something yeah, in. But I'm talking an there. actual crowd. And, and, and family aren't going to boo. <laughs> you know? I encourage them to. I thought they should have. I mean, if you've ever come close to booing, it was on Sunday. It was. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's chipper. It's well, You're right. It is going the wrong way in a lot of ways. But the quarterback is a mess right now. And Judd, you said you know, and I agree with you about. I don't think um, Zimmer would be fired during the season, but I got to be honest with you, that game felt a lot like, like that Brad Childress Green Bay game to me. It did, like a like a watership game, and you know, I, I don't know that it would help any. You know, I don't if, you, if you're looking for a spark to turn around, see, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, so I don't think that they would. But that felt like a one of those kind of crossroads type of losses where just there's just nothing. There was just nothing there, you know, and the body language is bad and the way they yep. performed. And, and watching Zimmer's reaction afterwards, he just seems completely out of answers right now on why this, you know, how to fix this, you know. Well, I, I think that if he was a pump full of truth serum chipper, I think Mike would probably admit he is absolutely shocked and has no idea why, why this 
offense looked so bad. And what's yeah. happened to Cousins? Like, I think he's probably shocked because, you know, it, it was intriguing in his day after a game press conference that he talked about the defense, right, and the problems mm-hmm. with the cornerbacks, like things he could explain. Like, he, he wasn't happy about them, but he knew what, what he had seen on tape. I don't think he understands what he's seeing because it's just so bad and it's not his ballywick. And I think he thought, oh, Gary's going to, you know, it was Gary's offense last year and Stefanski did a great job calling plays and now it's going to be Gary and it's going to be great. I think he's probably as perplexed as we are about why this offense has taken such a bad turn. Well, and I mean, just look at the first play. If you're sitting there, if you're Zimmer and you're watching that, aren't you thinking like, what in the world? I mean, why would he throw that pass? Yes. And even Cousin said I would make, you know, that's kind of pass I'd throw in my first year, not how it should be in my career. I mean, that was – I'm sure Zimmer's sitting there like, what What am I missing here? Why Why is he throwing that pass into five guys? That was just an easy – With all the time you know, in the world, too. Yeah. Good protection. Was, so I'm, I'm sure it's stuff like that that he's just like and – you, and you know, I mean, every coach – Turnovers drives them crazy, but that's something that them just harps on constantly. Field position, don't turn the ball over, and to come out and throw that pass on the first you know, play, I'm sure he's just apoplectic about some of the things he's seen. Yeah, and Kirk is looks just befuddled and terrible, and it's really weird. Uh, last thing, Gophers start on Saturday. Um, I, I did, did see what the report that. Michigan had shut down. I think they've shut down their students basically as far as they can't go out, but athletes yeah. still can go out. Is that correct? Yeah. So we're set to play. Yeah. yeah they, uh, as far as I know and what they said, that the game's still on. So, but it's, it's you know, I, I, we had a Zoom with PJ on Monday, and Judd, it's clear they, they have guys that are going to miss the game. I mean, he said he won't give a number, yep. won't give names, but – he made it clear there's going to be guys that miss the game. I asked him about the defense because there's so many new faces there. And, you know, this is – I asked him, you know, do you have a sense of what that defense identity yet? Or are you still kind of – when you have so many new faces, you're kind of curious to see how they respond, you know, when the, the lights are on. He said, yeah, not only that, you know, you have some guys that may not be in there for testing or whatever. <clears throat> so it's clear hmm. that um, – they're going to have, they're going to be without some guys, and he said, "Well, it's not 65. I don't want anybody thinking that, but it, I think it's pretty obvious there's going to be a couple guys that are that are not available." And that's the thing, Judd. I, I wrote this for my national column to kick off um, the season this week. Is um, this season might come down to who gets luckiest? Because in the Big Ten, at least, if if a player if a Gopher player tests positive today, he's missing three games automatic. Yep. I mean, it's it's 21 days, so. Yep. You know, if your quarterback tests positive, he's down three games. If you if you have six starters this week test positive, you're without them for three games. Hey, so and Chip, so, are, are we going to now? So, if a guy uh, tests positive, do they retest them and to yeah. see if it's false? And yeah. if it's false, they can come right back, or are they just out for 21 days? No, no, no. I think I think you have to have two or three negatives come back. Okay. Um, so you do get, re- I mean, they're getting tested every day, Judd. And so, um, God bless America. But if it happens on Friday, I mean, I don't know you're going to get the test back for Saturday, but, but you, they do have, uh, you know, daily tests to, that, to rule out false positives. But if, if they are positive, um, then you, you know, you're down for 21 days. And so, I mean, this, this is, I mean, there was a game, Virginia Tech played a game, uh, against Duke. They didn't have 21 players and three coaches. Um, well, how about Florida? Yeah, Florida. Open up the stadium. We want a full. Oh, hold on a second. We're not even going to play. 
yeah, we have 25 guys in our coach out. Um, so it's, it's really going to be, you know, it's going to be challenging to see. I wouldn't bet on college football this year. <laughs> I would say that because you, oh, yeah. you may, you may, you may play seven and all of a sudden you get to the game and you may be without some really uh, important players on your team. And so I don't want to say this, this year is a wash judge. Cause I mean, that's not fair, you know, um, but it could be just complete chaos. I think the week with it, guys coming and going. Chip, I think it's completely fair to say in all sports, it's a special year. Like, yeah. I, I'm watching games, so I am certainly not saying I'm going to boycott games. But there's no sport in which this is normal, and it shouldn't be. No. So, no. so I think it's very fair to to say, and that was my point from day one. The asterisk is is not to say, well, the season sucked, and you know, I didn't watch it. No. The Astros is there to say this was a very, you know, 50 years from now, um, sports that played in 2020, I think it needs to be explained the circumstances. Oh, 100%. Yeah, because it's not you know, normal. You know, every coach is saying we can't use this as an excuse, but, and I get that. You don't want, you know, you're, you're trying to win and you don't want anybody to, you know, explain stuff away. But, you know, if you have a starter that you're preparing all week and on Thursday test positive, and maybe you know a guy in his position room does too. Right. And now you have a freshman that you thought you might redshirt, and all of a sudden he's starting. Well, you can't possibly think that player is going to play as well as the the, the senior. Starting. If Rashad so, Bateman can't play two or three games, like you can't you can't just say, "Well, too bad he didn't play." No, that's a big deal. Yeah, I mean, you could say well, their offense struggled or they weren't as good because of Bateman wasn't there, and so um, yeah, it'll be and and. Because they're on campus, and you know, it's just so much harder to contain this on campus. I mean, they're doing daily testing, and I think you know, teams are hopefully taking it. Players are taking it, you know, smart and not going out the bars and all that. If, if you can still go out the bars, I don't even know. But um, but it's not like the NFL where right. You know, NFL players are home facility, home facility. You know, yes. they're not going to class and things. It's just different on a college campus, and you see the outbreaks, and so. Um, that's why we're seeing big numbers around the country for teams. So exactly. I, I don't know. I mean, I, you know, it'd be great if it, if it was both teams could, you know, Gophers and Michigan could have everybody available and you see, you know, how it is, but I'm sure both teams are going to have a number of guys out probably. Who wins? Do you think? I, I, I probably would, you know, I think, I think, the Gophers will score points mm-hmm. because I think they're, if they have everybody, we'll have, we'll, throw that caveat out every week. Um, uh, I think, they'll, you know, that offense should average a lot of points, but the defense has so many new faces. I think there's some talent there, but you, just, you don't know. And Antoine you know, really... Winfield Jr. was so yeah. good, well, Chip. And Kamal Martin yep. and Carter Coffin. You're talking about NFL players that they lost. And so yep. they like their talent. They, they think these guys have potential, but we haven't really seen them in a game. So they also could give up a lot of points. But um I don't know. I'll, I'll, I, you know, I'll go Gophers in a, in a narrow win, maybe. First time, um, first time that they w- would have beaten Michigan in Minneapolis since 1977. Oh, that that long, huh? 86 was there, right? Yes, they beaten them. Yeah. I believe they've beaten them three times since then in Michigan, but they have not beaten them at home since they beat them at Memorial Stadium. I think it was Cal Stahl was coaching in 1977. And this is this is what we should do. This is when we make predictions. They should allow us to, to make predictions right before kickoff, so we know who's there. You're not wrong. <laughs> just, You're not wrong at all. Um, and and I, you know, and PJ wouldn't say this either. And you know, they had a couple guys offensive linemen that were considering opting out. And so, 
not only do you have to deal with injuries, you may have opt-outs and, and positive tests. So who knows what Not the big kid. Like. Um, maybe uh, Dunlap, too, I think. Oh, no. Um, I, I don't I don't know about Filet, but Dunlap, I know he put his name in the in – the, Right, he put his name in the transfer portal and pulled it out, and um, <laughs> so I don't know his status. PJ just is not going to go down the depth chart and say, "Here's who's here." You right. know, he's refusing to do that. Obviously, um, I don't think any coach is going to do that. So, but I, yeah, it's it's just honestly, it is so hard to know because you don't know who is going to be there. You know, at kickoff. Last thing, what happened? No, I don't want him. Done what happened to your Vols? I, I sent that. you a note during the first half of the Georgia game. I said, your boys are back. This looks good. Ever since then, I, I'm, I'd like to apologize because I clearly jinxed them. Judd, two pick sixes. How often do you see that in a game? I just don't understand I mean, it. We, we, you know, we get edged by Kentucky by 27 points at home, <laughs> and now we got to play Alabama, which looked like the greatest, you know, steamroll Georgia. Um, that They're averaging – Alabama's averaging like right at 50 points a game against Georgia and some other. What do you think you're going to do against? Oh, I don't know. I, well, Nick Saban, Superman. I mean, the man went, the man had COVID, and the next thing you know, he's fine. Did you see this? Yeah, I know. <laughs> Saban was going to be on that sideline no matter what. But did you see the stat where he's faced? Former assistant yes. coaches, and he's like twenty-one or twenty-two and zero. Yes, he beats up on all that? of them. Yes, <laughs> that's unbelievable. Like, okay, uh, pupils, don't come at the, uh, the teacher here. The yeah, only answer is to have Belichick take a college job <laughs> and come right. back and beat his former pupil in Nick Saban. That's the only yeah. answer. That would be great. I know. So I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not uh, holding my breath for a big shocker this weekend. I, hopefully, you can keep within four touchdowns. And d- didn't you fire? You fired your DC, right? No, the defensive line coach. Oh, defense. Okay, that that'll fix everything. <laughs> that'll do it. That that'll do it. That Vols defensive line was a mess on Saturday. <laughs> that was the problem. <laughs> yeah, we fixed it. Now we're back. Defensive line coach out. Unbelievable. Yeah. All right, I will uh, talk to you soon, Chip Scoggins. All right, brother. We'll see you. Take care. Bye. Conduits of trouble. We'll talk to you next week. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.